1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Now, again, as we've been talking about the spirit of generosity, uh, in this last portion of it, we, you know, we began to talk about stewardship. And we said that uh, it's important for us to recognize that we, we need to have uh, a spirit of generosity in various areas. We talked about stewardship over our time, our spouse, our property, our spiritual gifts, God's truth, and lastly, our bodies. Okay? Spirit, spiritual, spirit of generosity means willing to give of all that we have to help the gospel message be advanced in the earth realm. Now, this, this particular section, again, is something that we got to, to labor with and begin to understand because there is nothing new under the sun. And when it comes to using our bodies to, 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 for kingdom business, when it comes to uh, being a person of purity and honor and holiness, all of us have the capacity to do so. So, but let's look at let's look at Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica, and I want you to remember this as Paul writes this. He is not writing to the world. The Bible here, this letter was to the church. Do not miss this. When he wrote last week in First Corinthians, he was writing to the church. He was not writing to society as a whole. But look at what he has to warn the church about. In this letter, as it relates to our bodies, as it relates to sexual immorality. Again, remember the climate here as he writes to the church at Thessalonica. When he wrote to the church at Corinth, they were dealing with a, a culture that was awash in sexual immorality, in sexual decadence. They had the temple of the god- goddess Aphrodite where temple prostitutes, I told you, were, were there Every time they came to the temple and men had sex with temple prostitutes as a part of the pagan worship. And out of that environment was birthed the church. Listen to what he says to the saints at Thessalonica. Let's read. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. Now watch this. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, uh, your natural understanding and my natural understanding that if I say I'm a Christian, I ought to want to live in a way uh, that pleases God. Wouldn't that be our natural uh, uh, assumption? But yet still right here, he has to t- urge them. He says, I, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you as we have taught you as your pastor my 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 desire my exhortation my 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 heart's uh, 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 focus is to see each one of us in here do the stuff that we're taught is that is that is that is that fair enough it's my desire to see us do this stuff when we leave the four walls of this church when we get outside of here how are we acting? How are we living? He says, uh, I want to ur- we urge you to live in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. But now watch this. He says this. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Read on. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Why would he have to tell the church? Okay, y'all, he says, y'all doing good, but I, I, need to, I need to tell you God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Is that what it says? Let's keep reading. Verse 4. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness 
and in honor. When will you do that? Back up. Let's go back. Go back to the next verse. Watch this. Uh, that, uh, verse number three. If we go back to verse three. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. All of it. All of it. Keep going. Let's go. He's talking to the church. Then each of, then, then when you stay away from sexual sin, then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Verse five. Not in lustful passion like the pagans, huh? Temple worship, who do not know God and his ways. Paul is constantly, when you read his letters, he's constantly encouraging the, the, the recipients of those letters to, to live in, in obedience to the doctrinal truth that he teaches them in the first part of the letter. Because Paul will tell you what to believe in the first part of the letter, then he come back and tell you how to implement what he told you to believe. It does no good to study doctrine and don't know how to apply doctrine in your life. Amen. Are y'all still with me today? Amen. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. He says, never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. In what matter? The context is he's talking about sexual sin. What's the context? What is he dealing with? I need y'all to say it out loud and on purpose. He's dealing with what? Now I'm looking at all y'all up in here. Come on. And, 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 and I, would, I would surmise if you are a human being who's, who's created and was born out from the seed of Adam and Eve, every last one of you in here have been, have been created with a desire for sexuality. Because you're human. As a matter of fact, God gave you those desires. Now, if, if for those of y'all in here who have, who, who have failed to talk to your child about sexuality, um, and, and they, they're, they're, they're 10, 11, 12, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you're late to the game. All right? So now if you're getting a little bit uncomfortable, because I'm talking about this, it's because you hadn't talked about it. So your pastor's going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to jumpstart. I'm going to prime the pump for you. Yep. Y'all know what it means to call. You remember, know what it means to prime the pump? Those, those old four barrel carburetors that they used to have on those vehicles. Sometimes you, you. Somebody like, pastor, I don't know what a four barrel carburetor is. I have fuel injection engines. <laughs> you could pour a little gas in that carburetor and get it pr- So I'm trying to prime the pump for those who are behind the, the, the eight ball, who are behind the curve when it comes to talking about this. Guys, let me tell you something. Uh, the, the advent of the information age with, with the Internet and, and uh, social media and all that, your, your kids are exposed to stuff that none of you, some of y'all didn't even see till you were, went to college. Let me see hands all y'all who were sheltered by your parents. And, and, and when you got outside the home, it was like, So, so what, what, I'm, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to get you to understand that the Bible talks about these issues. I remember growing up, I grew up in this church, and, and I know that times were different. I understand that. But I don't recall hearing a, a, a very detailed message about sexuality in the church. I, I just don't recall it. Now, it may have happened. I just don't remember it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about marriage and how to do marriage the right way. Tell, teach the husband how to treat his wife and a wife how to, how to treat a husband. You didn't talk about it. And because we didn't talk about it, stuff was going on in the homes. 
and we look, we look the part at church. We look like the, 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 the family, uh, the, the, the typical American family, husband, wife, two kids with a house in the suburbs, and we look good, but we were, we were not good. Stuff going on behind the scenes that need to be dealt with, but because we didn't approach it from a biblical, spiritual standpoint, we, it was quiet. Keep it quiet. Don't talk about this damn stuff. But I'm, as your pastor, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in a, in a respectful way. But some stuff, I'm going to have to call it what it is. Because just like what was happening here, just like this culture here, because it ain't nothing new in the sun, just like the culture that was existing in Sodom and Gomorrah, we have the same type of culture that's existing here in these United States of America. And we need to understand how we need to move as a believer in the culture that we live in. We need to understand how we need to move in the church that we, that we abide in and we're connected to. Okay, can we keep going? Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter, in this matter, by violating his wife. What does it mean? Don't sleep with another man's wife. That's what it said. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we solemnly warned you before. Keep reading. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Verse 8, let's read. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules, come on, is not disobeying human teaching it ain't you're not you're not you're not just uh, saying well that dog i don't feel ain't gonna tell me what to do i'm a man i'm my own man if i got my side chick i'm gonna keep my side chick i've had my side chick for 15 years do y'all know what a side chick is all right if you don't go look it up you can find it in, in the urban dictionary i guess uh, listen i'm saying this stuff but see, y'all are looking at me, and I know this stuff is happening in our churches. Okay? And, and, and if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, is, is he talking to me? I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just teaching. And God has given me the freedom to teach in this church, and I thank God for that. Stuff has happened, and some of y'all have experienced some things and been through some trying time. Listen, I want to help you to be free. Even though you may have had some bad experiences, mentioned some things, I want you to know that that does not have to be the end of your story. Okay? All right. Is everybody clear? I'm here to help you, not to hurt you. I'm here to, to, to try to push you to, to understand that God requires us as believers to walk in holiness. He says, therefore, if anyone who refuses to, to live by these rules is not disobeying human teachers, but is rejecting God. Who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Let's read on down to verse 12 just for good measure and then we'll, we'll start to unpack some things here. Watch what the text says here. It says, but we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Y'all are loving, but do, love some more. That's what he said. See, y'all already doing this, but do more of it. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business. Well, you say, but pastor, you in my business now. You tell me what I can and can't do. Yes, I am. Because as a person part of the body of Christ and you're up under the pastorship of your pastor, I didn't, I didn't tell you to come here. You said the Holy Spirit led you here. If the Holy Spirit led you here, he knew what I was preaching and how I preached before you ever got here. So why are you mad at me? 
Take it up with the Holy Spirit who led you here. <laughs> Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before. Working with your hands just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live. And you will not need to depend on others. Okay, we're going to stop right there, okay? Let's go back and unpack a little bit. Now, again, you know the culture at that time, similar to our culture today. Paul's commandment for sexual purity was as counterculture, cultural then as it is today. Because immediately, some of y'all, when y'all hear me start to talk about fornication, the KJV used the word fornication, which is sexual immorality, which means that abstain from. How many of y'all know that it is still God's will? Look at me. How many of y'all know it is still God's will that if a, if a man and a woman are not in covenant relationship, it is against God's will for them to engage in sexual intercourse. How many of y'all know it's still true? Amen. All right, now see, to the culture, that sounds ridiculous. Pastor, you're, you, 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 you've been away, out of the world too long. No, I hadn't. I still remember the world. If the truth be told, just like some of y'all, you were saved, and, and you've been saved for a long period of time, but you did some worldly stuff while you were saved. I think I need to come to this Saturday. I, I, I don't feel the Holy Ghost presence over there. The truth of the matter is that since you've been saved, you've been tempted. Since you've been saved, you may have fallen into sin. A variety of areas. I'm not just talking about sexual sin. I'm talking about all kinds of sin. So wouldn't it behoove us to... Do like Paul is saying, he's encouraging this church to live in such a way that honors God in all that we do. And stop pretending like this stuff is not happening. You'll never get delivered from something if you keep denying that it's in you. All right. Okay. All right. So, so can, we, can, we, can we begin to walk a little bit? God's will, in the outline, God's will is for his people to be sexually pure or holy. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 through 16 right quick. Holiness means to be set apart under God who called us out of darkness in this light. That's what holiness means. People say, you can't be holy. Yes, you can. If, God, if you couldn't be, why would God tell us to be holy? So our, our definition of holiness in our mind has always been sinless perfection, but that's not what holiness means. Because if that was the definition, then none of us could obtain it. And God would be an unjust and unfair God to tell us to walk in holiness and we don't have the capacity to do so. I'd be an unjust father. If uh, my son, and I'm I'm super proud of him, uh, as well as my daughters, I'm super proud of them also. Uh, But I would be an unjust father if I told my son at the age of five, so let's go get on that plane and I need you to fly me to Dallas. <laughs> five years old. Because he watched the cartoon. <laughs> I, w- would that be unjust? Because I'm asking him to do something that he doesn't have the capacity or the ability to do. That's that's, that's the epitome of unjustness to ask somebody to do something that they don't have the power, authority, or capability to do. 
But I dare say it at 22, almost 23 now, and having been trained and having graduated and having this degree and having flown almost 500 hours, then now it would not be unjust for me to say, hey, let's hop in the plane and go to Dallas right quick. I need y'all to track with me, okay? God would not tell us to be holy, to be sexually pure, if it was not possible for us to do so. He'd be unjust. But but Pastor, he he created us with these desires, so so that must mean that I I should be able to, to fulfill those desires when those desires come. God puts parameters boundaries up to protect us from ourselves because how many of you know sometimes we need protecting from our own selves if you follow your flesh your flesh will get you in trouble watch the text here first Peter chapter 1 holiness means to be set apart under God and God's will is for his people to be sexually pure and whole let's look at first is that right first Peter 1 Glory to God. Let's watch this. Ready? Let's read. So you must live as God's obedient children. Watch this. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. All right, so I'm, I'm going to give some of y'all a pass. Some of y'all didn't know any better back when you were whoring. My wife frowned in. I am simply quoting what the King James English version of the chapters said, of the book says. Okay, let, let, let me soften it up a little bit. The shock value of that woke some of y'all up just then. But the KJV does talk about whoremongering. So get your cultural mindset out the way and let's be biblical in our approach. Because some people, some people... Here's what I, I've been accused of this sometimes of, 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 of being too soft in the way I say stuff when I'm talking to people one-on-one because I'm just trying to give people grace and mercy. And sometimes sometimes I don't say it as, as firm as maybe I need to say it. <laughs> my, my good friend, Pastor Russell Pickney, and I talk quite a bit. He always teases me about this. He said, he said okay, Pastor, you, you can't say it like that, but let me tell you how, let me tell you how it really is. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to be gentle. But, but, but sometimes you have to tell people what it is because sin, we don't like for our sin to be directly called out. We like to say stuff like, well, I made a mistake. Oh, I was out of my mind at that time. And, and I just wasn't thinking, Pastor. No, you chose. This is one sin that, 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 that there has to be intentionality and purpose involved in it. You can't just all of a sudden fall into bed with somebody. Hello? That's got to be some planning. There's got to be some intentionality. You got to show up at the right place at the, at the right time. Okay. Y'all still with me? So, 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 so when I said that, it, it, it hit some of y'all, but so, so, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back in your old ways of living to satisfy your own desire. You didn't know any better then. Some of us, 
if we're honest about it, there was a period of time in our walk before we knew the Lord, and even sometimes after we knew the Lord, that, that we, were, we were living uh, uh, and falling into sin, even sexual sin, other sins also. But we're talking about specifically here our bodies and what we do to our bodies, okay? Uh, he says, you didn't know any better then. Let's keep reading. Watch what it says here. But now you must be what? Holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you. Now, why would Peter say this? The Peter who was a big mouth, the one who was, who, was, who was impulsive, the one who took his sword out and cut the guy's ear off, that very same Peter who told the master, when he, the master told him, I got to go to the cross of Calvary, Peter rebuked him to his face, said, no, that will never be. That very same Peter, after being filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, is now saying this. The very same Peter, by the way, who Paul had to rebuke publicly because he removed himself from the Gentiles when the Jews came around. He had a little prejudicial racist attitude then. And Paul called him out. Paul said, you did it publicly? I'm going to deal with you publicly. That very same Peter is now saying this. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Verse 16. Come on, let's keep moving. He says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because what? Because I am holy. Holiness, sanctification. Let's talk about this for a second, okay? The Bible uses sanctification or to sanctify in three senses because those, those words, holiness and sanctification are, are, are used interchangeably here in our, in, our, in our text, okay? Watch this. The Bible uses sanctification and sanctifying in three senses. Number one, we are, you heard me t- teach this before, we are positionally sanctified. In other words, there is positional sanctification. Every believer, everyone who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, from the moment you invite Christ into your heart to save you, then now you are, you are taken and you are planted in the body of Christ. Positionally, I am in Christ. Y'all with me? So the first day, the first part of, of, of sanctification is positional. It's where I am. I am a born-again believer. I am in Christ. Everybody with me there? Gave you scripture reference. Look this up when you get home. Next thing is we have to understand that there is progressive sanctification. That's the process by which we become holy in all our behavior. We just read that in 1 Peter 1, okay? Progressive. In other words, the longer I am positioned in Christ, the more progressively I should look more like him. It's a process. Everybody says it's a process. In other words, uh, I should be, let me, let me, can I just use this as an example? If you, if you had trouble controlling your tongue with gossip or using profanity or being harsh in your words and the way you talk to people, all right? Because after all, we're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ and how we live our life and what we do in this body should reflect our commitment to Christ Jesus. Is that correct? But you've been having trouble with that ever since you got into Christ positionally. So what should happen if you know you've struggled with that positionally, uh, in other words, not positionally, you're in Christ, positionally, you're, you're sanctified, you're set apart for his use and his glory, so God wants to use you, but it's hard for God to use you because every time you get mad, you cuss everybody out in your small group. 
When they don't agree with you, you, you get all upset. Take your Bible and go home. And God can't effectively use you because people usually don't like to listen to you when you cuss them out. When you show that much disrespect for me as a human being to use profanity toward me, I can't, no, 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 you're not going to do that. I don't even, even when I was in the workplace, uh, Yvonne, I wouldn't let people cuss me out because you are at a higher level than I am. What gives you the right to use profanity and talk to me in a degraded manner? We're going to be professional or we ain't going to be connected at all. Okay? All right, but now, once I'm in Christ, I got to, di- if I know that's a problem, I'm saved, I'm in Christ, but I got a problem with this body, with this tongue, because I'm saying stuff that doesn't honor God. And so what I got to do is get into the word of God, get in my prayer time, and start letting the scripture uh, bring in the captivity of those thoughts that's, that are coming, all right? So th- that process of getting to the word of God, uh, uh, submitting to what, what I read, because again, God reveals himself through his word. Are y'all with me? So that, that process is called progressive sanctification. The longer I'm saved, the more I learn, the more I should be looking like Christ. And stuff should be falling off of me. Now, there's a, there's a problem when there is no progression in your walk with the Lord. Okay? There's a problem because you better check. And first of all, anybody who's truly saved and are connected to Jesus will be growing. We give too many people's passes because they come to church or they say they were saved. They say they were baptized. Jesus made a statement that wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the one that leads to heaven. And we just assume because somebody say they say that they're saved. Are you living like you're saved? Are you acting like you're saved? Do you really know what it means to submit your will to Christ Jesus? It's not for me to judge, but God will. And I will tell you, if I can live in sin and have no remorse and no conviction, I would be scared. Because there's a good chance if you can sin and keep on doing it and have no remorse and no conviction, there's a very good chance you don't even know what it means to be saved. Okay? So, so we have positional sanctification, we have progressive sanctification, and third, someday we will all achieve perfect sanctification. When Jesus returns... And we will be like him with all traces of sin removed. Go to first, first John, the third chapter with me right quick. Let's watch this right quick. All right. So y'all still tracking with me? Lord, I'm trying to move. I'm trying to move. I'm trying to move. But I know this is a very important subject. And, and I want to I want to encourage you. Um, you know, um, there, there, there are things that, that you can strategize and do to help you if you if you uh, uh, if you're being. Um, Tempted with the pool for sexual immorality. Okay? One of the things I, I, I again, I shared this when I, when I did a class with our young guys, uh, Every Young Man's Battle. And the book uh, gave a strategy for dealing, because, you know, it gave a strategy for dealing with uh, visual stimulation that, that men, men, let me back up, men are typically visually stimulated. Would y'all agree, brothers, if you ain't scared to agree with me? Some of y'all, I ain't saying nothing. I'm not saying a thing. I'm sitting next to my wife and you ask me that question here in the church. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Pastor. I'm trying, I'm trying to help us. But the, but the reality is that men 
tend to be visually stimulated. Amen. More so, not, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that women aren't either, but, but probably more so than women. So one of the things that we taught in that, in that class is, is we taught young men how to bounce your eyes. Uh-huh. Everybody say bounce your eyes, brothers. It is a reality that we live in a society and a culture that, that, that you're going to see stuff that, that you don't need to dwell on. In advertisements, in movies, walking down the beach. <laughs> to bounce your eye. Listen, the reality is that you're going to see something that, that will be sexually enticing. And men are enticed visually more so than women. See, I want, can, I, can I just teach for a little bit? See, a man could have argued with you all day long, sister. And y'all could have been arguing all week long. All right? And, 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 and then you, you, you come home at night, and then now all of a sudden, uh, uh, you, you know, maybe things got quiet, but you never dealt with the issue. And a man will, can be ready to, to engage in sexual relationship with his wife, with his wife, not his friend, his wife. And he could tune out all that stuff that y'all argued about. Once he see you come out the shower, or once he see you undress, he forgot all about the argument. But the female has not forgot about the issue. She can see you get out the shower, brother, and ignore you till next Monday. If I'm lying, I'm dying. All right. So, 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 so emotionally, she has to get herself ready to engage in the sexual act that God said should happen between a man and a woman. But a guy, because he, a man, because he's, he's visually similar, he can, he can look past that and just say, listen, that we'll deal with that later. But she said, no, 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 ain't no later. Y'all still with it? I'm staying on course. I'm trying to help us. Men have to learn how to bounce their eyes because of that inherent ability to to be stimulated visually. When you see stuff, you bounce. You can't help but to see the gorgeous fine woman. But don't don't take a second look. Amen. Amen, man, Lord. Come on, give me an amen, Lord. Thank you. Lord, amen. Don't take that second look. Can I share something with y'all? Sister, am I free to share, share this when we were in Charlotte? Oh, she's not. She's looking. Oh, oh, it was somebody walking down the street. Remember we were in the restaurant? Okay, she said, she said I got freedom to share this. She's thinking. <laughs> We were in this restaurant in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, and there was there was a a, a a lady who was sort of dressed I, I would consider to be inappropriately. I mean, can I talk to y'all like like I need to talk to you? I mean, she she had a fine figure, all right, and and my eye caught her, 
I need y'all to, I need y'all to go with me, okay? Now, and literally, <laughs> I saw her, all right, and I looked away. But Moraria said, you looked at her again. I'm not being too, 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 too uh, intimate with y'all. Now, now listen, we, I promise you we had, a, we had a good discussion about it. Because I, I honestly, call, I didn't think I looked the second time. But she, Yvonne, quit looking at me like that, Yvonne. She was watching me watch. I didn't... I, Staff, can you help me back there? Come on. But, 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 now, I'm telling you, here's where we are. We had a discussion about that. And, and it was, at first, I mean, I, I, I must have subconsciously, I promise you, I didn't consciously look. But subconsciously, I must have took a second look. And so we had a discussion about that. And, and things turned out fine. I need y'all to know that. But, but the point I'm making is this. You can be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but your flesh will be drawn to what excites it. There's a reason why Billy Graham never met with a woman alone when he went on a business trip. He had that rule. Somebody else will be there. Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists to ever live, wouldn't, wouldn't go to lunch with another female by himself. Okay? All right, so just want to share that with you. All right. So, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to go there, but thank you, Holy Ghost. See, so see, how, see, how, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. All right, next verse. Watch this. Watch this. Can we keep moving? It says what? Dear friends, we are, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Next verse says this. And all who have this eager expectation. We're talking about perfect sanctification. That's the third component. Someday we will all achieve perfect sanctification. And all who have this eager expectation, what's the eager expectation? That one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. What he says is, if, if I have the expectation, Monet, that Jesus could come at any time, I wouldn't slip into that hotel with that person who's not my wife. Because Jesus could come at any time. I wouldn't take that second look because this is to come while I'm looking the second time. All right? Y'all, are y'all still tracking with me now? I'm hoping I'm helping somebody. Go back with me. Um, so we talked about positional sanctification, progressive sanctification, and then what? Perfect sanctification. We who are saved, are in. we won't experience perfect sanctification until we see Jesus face to face. 
but we already should have, if we say truly say we are positionally sanctified, holy, set apart for God's use and God's purpose. But we're in this progressive sanctification where the battle is and where we have to get better at showing that we belong to God by looking more and more like God the longer we're saved. Are y'all with me? Holiness means abstaining. Secondly, holiness means abstaining from sexual immorality. Go with me, if you will, to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Look at verses three through five right quick. Hurry, hurry. I got to move. Holiness means abstaining from sexual um, immorality. Just let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. He's talking to whom? The church. Why does he have to tell the church this? Because some of this stuff was happening in the church. Such sins have no place among God's people. I've seen, watch it. Come on, back up. Let's read, let's read it again in context. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Talking to the church at Ephesus. Such sins have no place among God's people. Now, see, when I say this and I'm talking about this, y'all, some of y'all are thinking, well, okay, Pastor, come on, we're, we're a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. This stuff doesn't happen here. I mean, yeah, we're in the Bible Belt. Have y'all, have y'all observed what's happening with the Southern Baptist Convention in all of the sexual uh, stuff that's, that's come out? Some of y'all need to read a little bit more, okay? I, I, I'm only saying that because this is, this is in the public sphere. I'm telling you this because this stuff is rampant across denominations, have y'all saw what happened with the United Methodist Church? They're splitting over the issue of, uh, of, 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 of homosexuality and gay marriage. Literally splitting. Okay? So this stuff is real. It's happening in the church. So we got to talk about it. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Next verse. Let's go. Obscene stories. How many of y'all have been guilty at the party? of telling dirty jokes. Or maybe you didn't tell it, but you laughed so hard you couldn't even catch your breath. But you say, though, you're representing Jesus and laughing at obscene stories. Foolish talk. Coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to whom? To God. Next verse, let's read. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. There are some folks who got greed on the brain. They're greedy. They're all about obtaining substance, things. Don't, things don't make me. I promise you it don't. And you shouldn't let them make you. Don't get enamored with things. God don't have a problem with you having things. He don't want the things to have you. Are y'all with me today? But we'll have a lot of believers who are, who are, who are, who are embodying a, greed, a, a greedy attitude when it comes to, to, to money, when it comes to, to uh, the things that God has blessed us with. We got to be willing to, to let God use what he has blessed us with. Holiness means abstaining from sexual immorality. Go with me right quick to Mark the 7th chapter. Jesus made it clear. Mark the 7th chapter. Look at verse number 21 right quick. Mark 7 and 21. I need y'all to hear this. Watch what Jesus says here. Mark 7, 21. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, 
For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, read on, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. 23 says this, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Go back to verse number 21 again. I've told y'all this before. Why are you telling people just follow your heart? Why are you telling him or her just follow your heart? Don't tell people to follow the heart, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because what's in the heart? Here it is. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder. Keep going. Come on. Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Come on. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. In context, these, these religious folks were trying to uh, come down on Jesus' disciples because they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't do the ceremonial washing before eating. It was, they skipped the ceremonial washing. It was not because of hygiene purposes. They, these Pharisees and these Sadducees did it to be seen of men. And Jesus told me, it ain't, it ain't, it's not what goes in you that defiles you. It's what's already in your heart that defiles you. Now think about that. All this stuff is in the heart. That's why we got to be transformed. I, I've been saying this and I've been preaching this and some of y'all are going to catch it sooner or later. That's why when it comes to the sin of racism, uh, prejudice, and if all of us are honest about it, we probably got some prejudice in us that needs to come out. Anytime, hear me carefully, I need you to hear this. It's being recorded. I want it to be recorded. Anytime you treat somebody differently because of what they look like on the outside and you don't know that person, and you... I would, be, I would be remiss to treat somebody different because of where they look, and I don't even know them. And it would be wrong for me to, to treat you a certain way, not even knowing you, but I'm making an assumption based off of what you look like on the outside. That's not biblical. All black people aren't the same. All white people aren't the same. All Hispanic people aren't the same. All Asians aren't the same. So quit making blanket stereotypes. Get to know the person. Now, if you can come and tell me, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I spent time with that person and, and he told me this and he told me that he said this and he said that, then, then now you can say what a person is and what is not. But until you know that person, you, you don't know them. But we think we're safe in doing that. And God is watching our hearts. And he's saying, that's not me. Not just lose some friends. Okay? We got to be biblical. I want you to be biblical. That's all I'm asking. All these vows, and you can be. Because God wouldn't have told us to be holy, sanctified, righteous, if we didn't have the capacity to do so. Holiness means abstaining from sexual immorality. But Jesus said, look, look, look at Matthew, the fifth chapter. Go to Matthew 5, verse 27 through 28. Watch this now. Some of y'all said, but Pastor, I ain't never did that. Okay, wait a minute now. Hold on. Let's see what Jesus said. Let's see what Jesus says. Y'all ready? Let's read. You have heard 
the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. Have y'all heard that? Now, let's see what Jesus says. Next verse. But I say, who's talking here? Our Savior, our Lord. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of liberty with the text, but I I think you'll agree with me that my liberty uh, is is not uh, blasphemy. Can I I change it around a little bit? But I say anyone who even looks at a man with lust has already committed adultery with him in in her heart, ladies. Because sometimes we're thinking adultery is just the man. The man is messing with somebody. So, all right. So that goes for men and women who are sitting there daydreaming and fantasizing about somebody who you shouldn't be daydreaming and fantasizing about. You got to bring it into captivity. Anybody uncomfortable yet? What did Jesus say? See, we thought that the law was uh, uh, the end of all, but it wasn't. Jesus came to fulfill it. He said, under the law, you have to actually do it in order to be guilty. But Jesus said, when you lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with that person. So I'm not even asking you to raise your hand. When you go home, I need you, I need you to sit down and, and think in your mind, how many people have I committed adultery with? Y'all laughing because some of y'all know. Okay. In heart. So we got to get our hearts right. The heart, if the heart doesn't change, I don't care what law you put on the books. And, and we need laws, but a law will not change a man's behavior. It's evident. I, I give this example all the time. We keep speeding. Right? We keep parking in the handicapped parking spot and we're not handicapped. Well, I'm just going to run in there just for about 10 minutes. Now, what if that was the only spot left and somebody who's handicapped come to get that spot, but you up in there walking like this to the store? You can ask Mary. In some place you go to, it's 15 of them, there ain't nobody's there. Unless I have Mama Kirk with me, who she, 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 she can't walk, she has a cane, and, and so I'll park in there with her and I'll put her handicapped sticker there. But if, I, if she's not in there with me, I am not parking there. She'll say, sanctified, tongue-talking self. <laughs> You're wrong, but you don't think they're seeing though. Huh? Oh, but pastor, that's, that's just, that's just, that's just you, you, you're taking it too far. I'm not taking it too far because God is looking at our hearts. That's deception in the heart. And if you got one of them tags and you don't have your elderly mother or father with you to put the tag up there when you able-bodied, God watching you, and you are wrong. You just sinned. I didn't get too many amens on that. 
But I need some Baptist folk who will say, amen, preacher. Some of y'all are guilty of sin. But you're wrong. Holiness in the sexual realm requires self-control. Last point here and I got to stop. Holiness in the sexual realm requires what? Self-control. Go to Romans 13, 11 to 14. I'm finished for today. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Holiness in the sexual realm requires self-control. Have y'all ever said, I just couldn't help myself? I just, Pastor, I tried. I, I oftentimes say this, and, and I need y'all to hear, me, hear my heart on this. Please don't ever trust your flesh. Hello? There are certain things you got to decide ahead of time how you're going to respond to it. If you go to a heated meeting, decide ahead of time you're not cussing tonight. Decide ahead of time I'm not going to lose my cool and lose my testimony, my witness before men. Okay? Decide ahead of time you go on that date that we're going to go on our date, but you, you can't come back up to the apartment. Oh, you can't come in, inside. Uh, walk me to the door. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Because you know you. And God knows you. Watch this. This is all more, this is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day, of the, the day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining army, armor of right living. Remove, back at what? I like this. He says, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Dark deeds mean deeds you've done in the dark or dark, things, that are, things that, are, that, are, that are sinful. Uh, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. 13, it says this. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for what? All to see. What's that mean? So my, somebody's watching you when you say you are a born-again believer. You may not know it, but they're watching you. They, they're watching how you respond, how you do things, whether or not you're a man or woman with integrity or not. They're watching you whether or not you're going to cheat on this or not, you're going to lie on this form or not. It says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of what? Wild parties and drunkenness. There it is right there for you. Now, you, if you say you're saved, if you, if you say you want to live to please Jesus, he says, right, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, including wedding parties or birthday parties that are wild and folk drunk all over the place. Lights went out in Georgia. Somebody messing with me? Okay. I didn't say it was wrong to go to the party, did it? It is wrong to go to a wild party where there's drunkenness. It just said it. 
Now, you got you to decide what's more important, pleasing people or your flesh or pleasing God. I didn't make it up. Don't participate in the, dark, in the darkness and wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in, how many of y'all look argumentative? You're a very argumentative person. You just, you a fight with a stop sign. <laughs> he says, in quarreling and in what? In what? In what? Jealousy. Verse 14. Come on. Instead, instead, instead of doing all those things, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. The type of movies that you watch, the type, the type of stories that you, that you indulge yourself with have impact on how you think about stuff. Okay? I told you before, uh, last survey, uh, Barna Group does all these surveys, and, and there are a lot of Christian men who admitted, 70% of Christian men admitted to watching pornography. I mean, if I line 10 brothers up up here, seven of them have been viewing pornography in the last week. I mean, all things been equal. So when you watch that, then those desires begin to come. We've got to be careful what we bring into our eye gate and our ear gates. Okay? All right. My time is up. But I, and I hope this is helping somebody. God loves you. And because you're drawn to sexual temptation, the natural part of you desires sexual fulfillment. That's not, listen to me, that's not, when you are tempted, can I say, the temptation is not the sin. Don't let the devil beat you up because you were tempted. Yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin, not the temptation. The devil would make you think you're the worst thing in the world because you had a desire. Temptation is not sin. It's the yielding that's the sin. Okay? So we'll unpack a little bit more next week. And I pray that you learn something today. Guys, brothers, let me see you bounce your eyes. Jesus gave his life for us. He gave his life out on Calvary. He died so that he could buy us. The Bible says we've been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which belongs to him.